This morning is a special privilege to have Dr. Robert Menzies with us. Maybe that name isn't familiar to you, but for me, it's a bit like meeting a hero. Uh, when I was in school, uh, his were some of the books that we read, and his were some of the books that encouraged me as a young man as I was coming up and thinking about Pentecost and whether Pentecost was something that I could find in the Scripture, not just as a historic event, but as something that God wanted to continue to do in the lives of his people today. And so as I was wrestling with this, where do I find the baptism of the Spirit in Scripture, I came across uh, Dr. Menzies and a couple of other books that helped me to understand how the Bible teaches that we ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the missionary spirit, the prophetic spirit of God to enable his work among the nations. And so for me, it's a particular privilege to have Dr. Menzies with us. He has, uh, he has been influential in the Assemblies of God, and he's been influential around the world, and we're so grateful for the work that he's done and that he's able to join us here at Bethany today. You're going to hear more specifics about his ministry and what that has involved in the next few moments, but I would just ask you to join me in giving a Bethany welcome to Dr. Menzies as he comes to bring God's word today. Well, what a joy to be with you this morning, this beautiful northeast fall morning. You know, I'm not used to the, uh, the, the beautiful colors and uh, the weather here. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. But, you know, as we were worshiping together and as we were singing that song, The Lord Reigns, I just thought of how everyone should have the opportunity to experience his reign and his love and that's what this mission convention is all about. Well, it is a special joy for me to be here. I'm representing my wife, myself, the uh, faculty and students of the Southwest China uh, Bible School. And so on behalf of this group, I want to say a, uh, just a heartfelt thank you to this church because for over a decade, you have been supporting the work and the ministry in China and so it is a special joy to uh, be here, to worship the Lord together, to share fellowship with you, and to look to the word of God uh, together. As he uh, call, I, I believe that he is going to call people in this service. I believe that he's going to inspire us to have a greater vision for his work. Well, it's a special joy uh, to be here. <clears throat> you know, as we were <clears throat> coming into the church, Pastor Stephen uh, took me through the new the sanctuary that you're remodeling. And so I was able to see that. And as I looked at that uh, work, I thought, you know, I might be able to help out with the demolition side of that. Now, the construction side, I think we need people with uh, different skills. But the demolition, uh, but uh, I think I could help out with. Well, it, it is uh, wonderful to see what God is doing here. And what a rich history this church has, going back to the early days of the Pentecostal revival. And so I believe that uh, this morning the Lord is calling us to, to fan into flame that gift that he has placed in our hearts. Well, <clears throat> my wife and I, we have lived and served, we lived and served in China from 1994 through 2020. 
And it was in 2003 that the Lord called us to establish an underground residential Bible school focused on the minority peoples of Southwest China. This is in the the Southwest part of China. And so it was just in February of this last year that we celebrated our 20th year. 20 years, a residential underground Bible school in China. In fact, we have over 350 graduates of our one and two year programs now uh, uh, ministering in, in different parts of China. In fact, our graduates represent over 20 different minority groups, uh, many of these largely unreached. And as I think of our faculty, just a wonderful group uh, of uh, Chinese Christians who are pastoring churches. As I think of our faculty, five of the eight faculty, full-time faculty members that we have, five of the eight are actually graduates of the Bible school, including the, the, the current director who took my role uh, and is just a wonder, he's a graduate of our, our second year class, a wonderful uh, uh, Miao brother, a brother from the, the Miao people. So it's a wonderful group. Now, I mentioned that we were in China through 2020. You know, initially when the COVID uh, pandemic hit, that brought uh, my wife and I home. We were not our, we were actually teaching in the Philippines at the time and our flights to China were canceled. And it was difficult for us to get back in, but in March of this last year, the Chinese authorities raided our Bible school and everything changed. Our students were forced to return to their home areas. Uh, Fortunately, the local villagers uh, warned our our faculty uh, of what was happening, and so we were able to get most of the students out, but they had to return home. Our faculty have been interrogated and harassed. Um, My wife and I, our apartment was uh, searched and computer uh, uh, equipment was confiscated. So it's been a difficult time for all of us, but especially our Chinese friends. I would say this, uh, since uh, Xi Jinping has consolidated power and uh, new laws went into effect in 2018 in China, since that time, China has become increasingly repressive. And so it's been difficult uh, for Christians generally in China just a sign of that is that, you know, when, when I was in China, you could always access the Bible online. You could even purchase Bibles online in some areas. That was no longer possible for a while, and now I'm told that you can't even access the Bible online in China. Many of the open churches, that is the government-recognized churches, are, are dwindling in size because of the pressure, the political pressure that is put on people. And the house churches have been forced even further underground. And uh, many house church leaders have been harassed or in in several cases imprisoned. In fact, I think of uh, the pastor Wang Yi, who in 2018 was uh, arrested and sentenced, I believe, to seven years in prison. So this is the situation, and I'll share a little more about the specifics of the Bible school. So this is the situation in China. And at this point, you know, we are uh, helping our Chinese colleagues relaunch the Bible school. 
Now, we're going to have to do that in a, in a fresh way and utilizing uh, new methods. But we believe, uh, I love what Pastor Stephen was saying, in the midst of the darkness, the light of the gospel shines brighter. Can you say amen to that? In the midst of the darkness, the light of the gospel is more vivid and is, is often embraced. And so we are thankful. In fact, it was just a week ago on Wednesday that the first online course of the Southwest China Bible School was launched. Just this a week ago, this last Wednesday. And so I'm thankful for that and for what God is doing. And we believe that God is going to continue to use this school to touch many, many lives in many regions in China. Well, I just want to give you a little glimpse of what the uh, sort of the earlier days at the Bible school and what the school it, it was like. Maybe we'll run that video. Let's look to the Lord in prayer, can we? Amen. Lord, we're so thankful that you've called us. We're so thankful that the gospel has come to us and so that we could be reconciled to you and to one another. And Lord, we do pray that, that you would help us, that you would help us expand our vision, that you would help us take up the call that you've placed on our hearts to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I want us to focus on this wonderful epistle, this wonderful letter that Paul writes. This was the last letter that Paul wrote, 2 Timothy. Paul is in prison. He knows that the end of his life is near. And so he offers a stirring charge to, I believe, probably his closest associate 
And that is this young man, Timothy. The letter is filled with emotion. He starts out and he says, my dear son. He speaks at one point of how everyone has deserted him. And then he bears his heart. He says, I long to see you to Timothy. He says, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. So this letter is uh, filled with emotion, and it's also a letter that is written with a, a deep sense of urgency because Paul knows that his life is coming to an end. He knows that his death is near. And so he writes as a spiritual father with this powerful sense of urgency to Timothy. And it, it's such a, a wonderful message. The heart of his instruction is found in the, in the passage that we are about to read. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So let's look at this passage, 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'll be reading verses 1 through 3 and then 8 through 10. This is what Paul writes. He says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And then in verse 8, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. These wonderful words of instruction that that Paul gives to Timothy and to us, I believe the three words stand out, and I want to focus on these three words this morning. Those words are entrust, endure, and then ignite. Now, the, the last one's a bit of a paraphrase, and I'll, I'll explain that. But entrust, endure, and ignite. Paul says this in verse 2, he says, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What is this message that we are called to entrust to others? Well, Paul gives us a wonderful glimpse of this message in verse 8. He said, it's such a compact statement. He says this, he says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. Well, what I love about that is it focuses our attention, you know, throughout the New Testament, the focus is always on the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so this is what Paul highlights and he, he focuses on the resurrection of Jesus and, and this really summarizes everything 
You see, because Jesus is risen, we know that he is the all-powerful Lord, and we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear of sin, of of evil spirits, or, or even death itself, because Jesus is risen. We know that we do not have to live in fear. Because he is risen, we know that he alone is worthy of our praise. Can you say amen to that? All other gods are false. He alone can give us new life, peace, and joy. Because he is risen, we know that we can place our lives in his hands and that he is able to lead and to guide and to to bless the ministry that he calls us to be a part of. Well, this then is the message that we are to entrust to others. Of course, Paul gives maybe a, a longer summary in other parts of uh, Scripture and 1 Corinthians 15 and Romans. But I love what he says here, this focus on the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, last year, I had a wonderful opportunity to teach in Africa. And the African brother, dear brother that I was uh, co-teaching the class with, has written a book, and, and I love the way he puts it. He says that, you know, we as human beings, we face three challenges, three needs. Those are the needs of guilt, fear, and shame. Shame having to do more with the, the social group, but fear, guilt, fear, and shame. And he said, you know, in the gospel, in the gospel, all of these are dealt with. And that Jesus, he reconciles us to God. He frees us from the fear that is pervasive in our world. And he enables us to live in right relationship to one another. Well, this is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, notice this. Notice Paul's priority. He says, in trust, he says, pass this message on. This is Paul's passion. Pass on this message. Do not be diverted. Do not let that line of transmission stop. I want you to think this morning of literally of the thousands of people who had to receive the gospel and pass that on for the gospel to come to this Springfield area here and for the gospel to come to you. Think of that line of transmission In fact, uh, Pastor Stephen was telling me a little bit about the history of this church this morning. What a rich history it is going back really to connections with the Azusa Street Revival. And and I I think back to all those people who received the gospel and then who were faithful and passed that message on. It's a little like, you know, in a uh, track meet and and a relay race. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I, I, you would never guess this now, but I ran track. <laughs> and I remember the, in, in the two-mile relay and how we would work at that, the transmission of that baton, passing that, because you had to get that right. If you didn't get that right, everything was lost. Well, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, pass on that message. We have an incredible task And so there's a a very, very significant responsibility that comes to us. We have received the message, 
And so the question is, will we be reliable people who will pass that message on to others? Will we be faithful? God has richly blessed us, and with this blessing comes responsibility. And so my charge to you this morning is, is echoing Paul, and that is entrust this message to reliable people. And I want to say thank you for the way that you are doing that faithfully, actually around the world. Wow, over 200 missionaries and missionary enterprises. Amen. I pray the Lord would continue to strengthen and just bless you richly. Well, why does Paul focus on this passing on of the message? We see this in in verses 8 and 9. This is what he says. I'll repeat this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. You see, this is why Paul is so focused on this. He recognizes that the gospel is not chained. In fact, elsewhere, Paul says this. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. This is in Romans chapter one. So in spite of the fact that Paul is in prison, in spite of this condition, he declares God's word is not chained. It will continue to transform lives. You know, as I think back on our 20, over 25, 26 years of ministry in China, I'm just reminded of the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel to change lives. It was in the spring of 2007 that I was greeting new students who were coming to the Bible school, and I met uh, two young men, Brother Li and Brother Wang. Here, yeah, well, I've blocked out their faces. I wish I, you could see their faces. But... Um, uh, Brother Li and uh, Brother Wang were new students there, these young men. And, and so I was meeting them and I asked them where they were from. They mentioned in the southern part of our province. And then they said this. They said that we are from the Yao minority tribe. And when they said that, that really struck me because I knew there were very, very few Christians among the Yao. And so I asked them, I said, how did you hear the gospel? And they were both from different villages, but their stories were almost identical. And this is what they said. They said, well, there was a a young man from another tribe, the Hani tribe, and he came to our village and he began to talk about Jesus. He said, we did not receive him. (laughs) We did not treat him well. We we, uh, ridiculed him and sent him away. But he came back. Again, we didn't receive him, but he came back again. And he kept coming back. And they said, finally, we, we listened and we heard the story of Jesus and we committed our lives to Jesus. Our allegiance shifted and our lives were changed. He said, formerly, we didn't have any purpose in life. We were alcoholics. We would just sit and drink. And, and he said, Our lives were changed, and people began to notice. So we have come here because we want to learn more about Jesus so that we can take the gospel back 
to our village. Wow, when I heard that, I, I got excited. But I, I said to them, I said, do you know the name of that evangelist that brought the gospel to your village? And they said, oh, sure, that, that was Brother Young. And then I really got excited because Brother Young was a graduate of our first class, our first year class. And I said to them, I said, you are second generation Christians at this school. And I said, uh, we are, we are going to pray that that third generation, that third generation comes very quickly. Well, that was 2007. 2011, again, it's the spring. I'm greeting new students, and there's a, a, a tiny little lady who entered on our campus for the first time. And I met her name. I'm using actually some false names here to protect identity, but we'll call her Sister Chun. And so uh, Sister Chun came, and I was speaking with her, and she said, yes, she's from the southern part of our province. And she said that she also is from the Yao minority tribe. So I asked her, I said, how did you hear the gospel? And this was her story. Here she is, a, a young lady. But she said, I was, I was very sick. The doctors said, they, they told me that you should go home and prepare to die. They said, there's nothing we can do. You have cancer. It, we, we, we can do nothing for you. And so she said, I went home and I was lying in, in my bed at the home and I heard a commotion outside in our courtyard. And there was a young man who was speaking to our family about Jesus and so I, I, I went down and I listened and, and I heard about Jesus and I, I committed my life to Jesus and he changed my life and, and she said, and he has healed me. And so I'm here, I'm here to share, to, to learn more so that I can share the gospel with those back in my village. And, and so I said, this is wonderful. I said, you are third generation. I said, and I, I asked her, I said, well, who was that young evangelist? Who was that young man who was sharing the gospel with you? And she said, oh, that was Brother Lee. Brother Lee came. And so I said, you know, third generation, Brother Young, Brother Lee, and now you. I said, amen. I, and so I was excited. And she said, well, there's more. She said, Brother Lee and I are going to be married. <laughs> and, and they were married. This was 2011 when she said, they were married. They have two beautiful children. And in 2019, I was able to visit their, their home in, in the southern part of our province. And in, in difficult circumstances, they are bearing bold witness for Jesus. You see, the gospel changes lives. And that is why we are called to entrust the gospel to reliable people. So in trust. But Paul also, he highlights, he calls us to endure. Look at verse three. In verse three, he says this. He says, join with me in suffering. Now in the older NIV version, it says, endure hardships with us. So join with me in suffering. Endure hardships with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You know, I, I love Paul's epistles. I love reading them. They're, they're filled with joy. There's such a sense of optimism. In spite of the fact that 
Paul is often dealing with uh, difficult situations. You know, he writes this letter from prison. In spite of the fact that sometimes the churches that he's speaking to are filled with problems, in spite of these challenges, in spite of this, Paul has this ability to see not simply what is currently present, but what God can do in that situation and how the potential that, that God has placed within people. So I love reading Paul's epistles. His uh, letters are just marked with this sense of joy and thanksgiving. And yet Paul, he knew what it meant to suffer for Christ. In fact, later in 2 Timothy, he writes this. He says, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so knowing what was out there for Timothy and for us, Paul offers words of encouragement. Now certainly, Paul highlights that there's an eternal reward for those who endure. We see that in verses 11 and 12 and later in, in chapter 4. He, he speaks of a crown of righteousness. But what I really am impressed with is what we see in verse 10. Here, Paul says this. He says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I endure everything for the sake of the elect. I love that. He's calling Timothy to endure hardship for the sake of those who haven't yet come to know Christ. He's calling Timothy and he's calling us to endure hardship for the sake of those who haven't yet heard the gospel because there are those that he knows need to hear. Endure hardship so that others may know the all-transforming love of Christ. I love this. Well, hardship comes in many different forms, and so also does endurance. It was, I mentioned in March of this last year that our school was raided by the police. Two of our faculty members, our director, our academic dean, they had purchased a theological library in Chinese on a thumb drive, and somehow the government uh, was able to track that. And so government officials came, and they were knocking on the door of our director and asking for this uh, drive back. Now think about that. The, they were actually seeking this thumb drive with a theological library on it. And through that, they got into his computer and began to see photos of our graduation and and then searched our campus, found our library, and things began to spiral from there. But at one point after this visit, our director felt, well, maybe the pressure had ended. And he wrote this note to me. He said, I thought I might have the privilege of suffering for Jesus, but now I think I may not. That was the note he wrote. It was uh, touching. And yet he found that actually the police did come back. And in June, there were four vehicles with 16 police officers that came just, for, just to, to meet uh, this man and his wife. 
They took them at 8 in the morning. They took them to a hotel and put them in separate rooms and interrogated them until 9 at night. At one point, he said, I need to leave to pick up my sons who are in school. And they said, you need to listen to us and to answer our, our questions or you may never see your son again. Now, this is the kind of pressure that, uh, brother, uh, that this brother has been living with. Another one of our faculty members, brother, I'll call him Brother Ma. Uh, brother Ma is pastoring a house church. And they knocked on the door of his apartment, and when he opened the door, they said, you pastor a house church, don't you? He said he had prepared, you know, he had thought through very carefully what he would say in that kind of situation, in that moment. And he said, when it happened, he said all of his preparation, all of his rehearsed statements vanished. But he said he boldly responded, yes. And he said he felt the the presence of the Holy Spirit direct him and guide him. In fact, after that experience, he said, you know, here he had been pastoring a church for several years. He said he felt that this was a fulfillment of the promise of Jesus in Luke chapter 12, where he says, do not worry when you are handed over before synagogues and rulers and authorities. Do not worry what you shall say, for the Holy Spirit will tell you at that time what to say. And he said, he, he felt a confirmation of his call to ministry through that experience. Well, this is the kind of endurance, I believe, that God is calling all of us to have. And there are wonderful models here, I think, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts of, of Peter, of Paul, of Stephen. And then more recently in China, I think of Christian leaders like Wang Mingdao, who in 1955 was arrested and spent 25 years in prison. I think more recently of Wang Yi, who was arrested in 2018. So there are many models that we have, but above all, our model is Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the lamb who was slain. And as John in Revelation reminds us, he says, this calls for patient endurance. Entrust the message to faithful witnesses. Endure hardship. Endure hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then we come to the final word. And I'm going to describe it in this way. Entrust, endure, and ignite. Ignite. This uh, final term, ignite, this comes from Paul's statement in in, uh, chap- in uh, verse 1, Paul says this. He says, then you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This verb to be strong, it's, in, in Greek, it's the, the verb endunamu. The noun form is the word from which we get the word Dynamite. And I love this reference to dynamite. And it calls us to remember back words that Paul has just written in in chapter 1. Listen to what he says to Timothy in chapter 1, verse 6. He says this. He says, for this reason, verses 6 and 7 of chapter 1, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God 
which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It's a beautiful promise. You see, Paul is reminding Timothy of this gift that was given him. Now, Acts 16 reminds us that that Paul, uh, when Paul met Timothy, Timothy was already a Christian. And he, he, he was impressed with Timothy and he asked him to travel with them on that second missionary journey. And so you have a sense that it's at that time as Timothy is preparing to travel with Paul, that, that Paul lays hands on Timothy, that, that they pray. There, there may have been others involved. They pray for Timothy. They send him out in the power of the Spirit. And so it's in this charismatic moment that the gift of the Holy Spirit is given. And notice what it produces. It produces power, love, and self-discipline. These are the keys to ministry. It is power to suffer for the gospel. Look at verses, uh, look at verse eight. It says this very clearly. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Power to suffer for the gospel. Love for the lost as we've described. Paul, the enduring hardship for the sake of the elect and self-discipline so that we might endure hardship. Well, this morning, I just want to encourage you with these words from Paul. I want to remind you of the gift that has been given to you. This is a Pentecostal church. This is a church that has its roots that sees those roots back to the Azusa Street Revival. We believe in the power of the Spirit. We believe that that the Spirit delights to use us to bring glory to Jesus. The Spirit delights to guide us, to expand our vision, and to inspire our witness. So this morning, I want to challenge you. Let's fan into flame. Let's fan into flame the gift that, that God has given us. You see, this will enable igniting this gift, fanning into flame. This will enable us to entrust the gospel to others and, and to endure hardship for Christ's sake and the sake of those that he seeks to, to, to call to himself. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And I, I want to ask the pastors and the the prayer partners to come forward now at this time. And I want you to pray with me. And we want to have a moment where we ask the Lord to, to kindle that flame. I believe that the Lord wants to call some people into missions, in missionary service. I believe that he wants to speak to our hearts about the neighbors, about our co-workers. I believe he wants to speak to us about how he wants to use us. So let's lift our voices. And if you would like to pray with someone, we have the pastors and the, the prayer partners are here and they would love to pray with you and to lay hands on you as well. So let's look to the Lord in prayer, can we? Amen. Lord, we're so thankful. Lord, we're so thankful that you 
have established this church here. We think of the history. We think of all the people, faithful, reliable people who have passed on the message of the gospel in the power of the Spirit. And Lord, we want to be faithful. We want to stand in that line. And Lord, our vision, we want to have a vision for this community, for Springfield. And we want to have a vision for the nations to reach the ends of the earth so that all people, so that all people might hear your message, might hear your gospel. Lord, we recognize that you are Lord of all. Lord, you do not show favoritism. You do, do, do not uh, divide and discriminate according to nationality or race. Lord, we, we rejoice that your people is a people that will, will include people from every nation, tribe, and language. And so, Lord, we ask that you would use us. Send us, Lord. Amen. 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 Let's, can we lift our voices in prayer? Amen. Can we lift our voices? Hallelujah. 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 Amen. If you want, would like someone to pray with you, feel free to come forward. We're family. Amen. Let's look to the Lord. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. I thank you for this church. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would bless them richly. Oh, continue to use them mightily. Just thank you for uh, your love flowing through this church. Just increase that, Lord, we pray. As we fan into that flame, fan into flame the gift that is in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks. Amen. Oh, speak to our hearts, Lord. Speak to us concerning our neighbor, our co-worker. Speak to us concerning the nations. Oh, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for the prayer that emanates from this place. Lord, when we lift up China to you, Lord, I think of our colleagues. I think of Brother Lee. Think of Brother Wong, uh, Yang. Think of Sister Chun. Think of Brother He and Brother Ma and their families. Lord, we pray that you would empower them. Oh, Lord, help them endure. Bless them. Lord, we pray that you would continue to make them fruitful. And as the school <clears throat> relaunches, Lord, as the school relaunches, we pray that you would connect with those graduates that you begin to touch lives through them. Lord, build your church. Lord, build your church. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Jesus, we thank you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. Let it be. Lord, let it be. Thank you. Amen. Pastor Stephen. Would you close with me in prayer? Bow your heads for a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much that your word goes forward unrestrained. We thank you, Lord, that though we can be bound, your word cannot be bound. And we thank you, Lord, for the encouragement and the testimonies we've heard today. Lord, we ask that those things would indeed ignite in our hearts a desire, Lord, to entrust your good news to others. We pray, Father, that you would open our eyes to see the opportunities that have been placed right in front of us. And Lord, we also pray for the word of God that we've just heard by the Holy Spirit, the encouragement to understand that you will call from among us those who will go to the nations. We pray, Lord, that you would do it. We ask, Father, that you would help us to be submitted to it. We ask that you would give faith to those that you are calling to respond with strength. And we pray that you'd give us grace as the church to know how to help them, how to train them, how to send them. Father, grant your help in these things. We desire to be part of what you are doing. And so, Lord, we pray that we would not lose faith, but that you would help us to endure. Lord, we ask that you would give us the privilege, even as we've heard our brothers say, let us have the privilege of suffering with Christ. Lord, let us have the privilege of enduring for your sake. Lord, though we may want to turn away in our flesh, grant, Lord, that in our spirit we would trust you. And Father, we ask that you would help us, help us to be filled with your spirit. We need that power. Lord, we know that it is not by might, it is not by power, it's through your spirit. Lord, it is by your presence among us that we are able. And so, Lord, we pray for your empowering work among us once again. We pray that you would stir up in us the passion for the gospel once again. And that you would pour out your spirit on us in this church in a a new way, Lord. That you would renew your work in this time. That you would pour out the gifts of the spirit. That you pour out the, the boldness and the courage of the Holy Spirit into the hearts of your people. That we might not be afraid, but that we might say with Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Let our hearts resonate with that as the Spirit does His work in us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for that. We ask now, Lord, that you'd seal in our hearts what you've spoken to us this morning and over the past week. Father, let us not quickly move to a place of going back to routine and forgetting how you have stirred our hearts for your mission But Lord, we pray that we would remain stirred, that we would remain fanned into flame, passionate, zealous for your gospel. We love you, Lord. We thank you for that. We entrust this to you in Jesus' mighty name, we pray and we believe. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. If you would like prayer, our prayer partners will be available. We would invite you to come. Don't forget our faith promise cards are available at the back table. We invite you and encourage you to partner with us in the work God is doing around the world. We'll see you again on Wednesday as we continue. And we'll be together for our fall family festival prep rally. Until then, go in God's grace and his peace.